Let's, uh, let's begin with a word of prayer. Father, we do thank you for this opportunity to get away in a camp called Camp Peniel, and that's a place where Jacob met the Lord. And, uh, and so we just ask that you meet with us uh, this weekend. May uh, our families be encouraged. Uh, may we be encouraged as a church. And uh, may we learn to love one another and to grow in grace uh, as we learn about that this weekend. Father, just be, give us safety and uh, good rest in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, our motto, you might say, this weekend is grow in grace. Grow in grace. And you might think that uh, what I'm going to talk about how does that relate to growing? It will. And what I want to start out with is some of the scriptures that we'll be going over this weekend. Second Peter, and I emphasize some of these words here because they'll be pertinent for what I'm going to talk about tonight. And really, this is just an introduction. We'll get into the meat of the lessons tomorrow. Um, two sessions tomorrow morning and afternoon. Uh, but it says 2 Peter 3.18, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. So growing in grace. Well, we know what grace is. To me, grace is taking us where we don't deserve to go. I think of mercy as keeping us from getting what we deserve. Grace is getting what we don't deserve, and I think you'll see that theme in all that we talk about this weekend. It says, and in the knowledge. You grow in knowledge. It should be a natural thing. 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Ephesians 4.16, from whom the whole body fitly joined together, and compacted by that which every joint supplies, according to the effectual working and the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body under the edifying of itself in love. 1 Corinthians 1.10, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing. And that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Now, before I go on, uh, did you happen to bring the puzzle with you? Okay, we will need those. I'm going to be giving those out to you in a little little while here. I'll wait for Andy to, uh, to come back. But we're going to be talking a little bit, really, about the Bible as a whole. The Bible as a whole. And you're going to find out that a lot of people don't look at the Bible as a whole. And I'll explain that in a little bit. I think you'll begin to understand that. But we have history. His story, God's story, 
And God's story has a beginning and an end. I'd like to read out of Revelation 1.5. It says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him. And all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, and it says, his story also has an eternity past and an eternity future. He says here, and which was before the beginning, and which is to come the Almighty. There'll be an eternity beyond that life. And you know, our life is like that, if you think about it. We began, we call it at birth, but we know that God knew us in the womb, but we also know through the scriptures, God knew us before we were even in the womb. And then there's going to be a time, and, and I can't explain that, and nobody can. And there's a time after death after the judgment, when all things are made right and we're in eternity there, and I can't explain that either, but we will be in that time as well. Every story that we have is complete. A good story is complete. It's tied together, and it progresses logically. And so is God's Word. Now, when you digest God's Word in pieces randomly when you work on it without seeing the whole picture of it to start with. It can seem like the Bible contradicts itself because you see things over here and you see things, well, that's kind of different over here and it seems contradictory unless you understand the whole picture. Have you ever heard the saying, he couldn't see the forest for the trees? That's basically somebody who's so detailed and focused you can't see the bigger picture around them. Have you ever came into a middle of a conversation to make a fool of yourself because you didn't understand the full context of the conversation? It's like the scriptures, too. You can go in and just dig something, be so focused and miss the context. Not that you can't use the Bible in some ways that way, but the context kind of gives you the understanding of what's what's being said there. Why did people of old, when they sailed the ocean blue, they were afraid to go out there because they were going to fall off the end of the earth. They thought the world was flat. It's because they didn't understand the whole picture. Once you understood it was round, you just keep going round and round and round and round. But you see how you can make mistakes by not understanding the bigger part. Sometimes we are hindered in our understanding because of where we live. We, we kind of look at things, I don't know, I'm like this. We tend to see people and places and things through our 
our minimal mind. But when you get out into the world, it's a whole different picture. There's a lot more to things. Yes, we are all the same. and We eat and we drink and we sleep and all those things as human beings across the world. But, you know, it's kind of like this too, you know. Sometimes as a kid, you ever notice their world is, you know, their backyard <laughs> and family. That's the whole world, you know. But it's bigger than that, isn't it? And when we begin to understand that, our minds begin to change because we can make some wrong assumptions based on that. You know, it's the work of the devil to divide and to work in truth in parts that he might deceive. The devil stays far away from the truth as a whole because the whole is what verifies the truth in the parts. Do you remember the words that, I don't know if they still do this or not, I haven't, well, I have been in court lately, but <laughs> I wasn't on the stand. Um, but you're supposed to raise your right hand and you put your left hand on the Bible. I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God. I don't know, do they do that anymore? Well, probably not the Bible, everybody has God, so they might be able to do that, but you know, there's reasons, if you think about it, why would they have specifically said the whole truth and nothing but the truth? Because you can lie. You, you can lie. If you, you don't have to tell the whole thing, if you can tell half of it, you can start to wiggle your way around things. You know, we must understand the whole truth, but we must understand not only the truth as a whole, but it's logical as well. You know, for evangelistic purposes, there's two books of the Bible that are used for evangelism. If we're going to go out and we want to give somebody, you know, give somebody a whole Bible for one, that's pretty expensive. And number two, that's hard for them to read. So typically what um, Bible producers will do, they'll produce two books. Who knows what those are? John and Romans. The book of John which is written in the theme of love. Appropriately chosen is the author John the Beloved. Love is the very nature of God, that God is love. And truth will never be outside of a God of love. But then there's the book of Romans, appropriately written by Paul, who was raised a Pharisee, and he was the son of a Pharisee as well. It went deep with him. He knew the law. And this book is written in a strong theme of logic and order and, and in the form of justice. Because God, as well as he is a God of love, he's also equally a God of justice. So look at the Word of God and as a whole, as a complete picture, to view it in its progressive divisions as the revelation of truth, to see it in the theme of love, to see it in full justice, to see its logic, to fully understand the past, to understand our place in the present, to understand what is to come and to be properly prepared for it, we must rightly divide the truth into what is termed, here's the big word, 
dispensation. It has been said that the recognition of dispensation sheds more light on the whole message of the Bible than any other aspect of biblical study. I read where J. Vernon McGee, if you've heard of him, uh, he's, a, he's a good Bible preacher. And uh, I think he's trying to think what his, he has a big radio broadcast. He's dead now, but uh, he'll still play. He's a good, strong, hard, right down the line preacher. And he stated that until he understood that the Bible had progressive revelations and distinct rules and leadership in those periods of time termed as dispensations, the Bible didn't make sense to him. This guy knows his Bible. <laughs> but he said this is basically what gave understanding to the whole, the Bible as a whole. Now, the subject of dispensations, this has been on my heart for at least a couple of years now. And I've been praying about it because I feel like, oh, I, I really want to teach our church this, this teaching here. And I never really felt the liberty to do it. I, and I thought, well, maybe we ought to have some, you know, a special week that we could uh, come and get together and we could teach this. I just never felt like it was something I could just do, you know, on Sunday mornings. It just didn't feel right. But when Katie and Andy, they, they were, we were starting to put in uh, family camp, uh, came up with the theme of growing. And as I thought about it, I felt I had the liberty to present this at family camp because it has that essence of what growing is. And, and I'm, I'm quite excited to, to teach about that. And I don't want you to panic, okay? I know how it is. I've been, I'll bet every one of you has been in some kind of teaching that went, whoa, way over your head, and you feel uncomfortable, and when it starts getting like this, you, you just turn it off. <laughs> and you get frustrated. You get nervous. You don't want to ask questions, things like that. I don't want you to do that. Because, you know, sometimes dispensations, if you start to look into it, it gets into deep theological explanations. There's disp dispensationalism, hyper-dispensationalism. And it, it goes crazy. They're wild, a lot of them. Some of them I look at, and I just scratch my head. Where do they come up with that? I mean, you, it, it is amazing the apostasy and the wrong teaching that is out there. People make doctrines of this stuff. And uh, so I don't want to get into that. I mean, if you want to sometimes delve into that, and, and for some people, and like pastors and things, they, they might need to to understand some of those things to, to defend or to help people understand what the truth is. But we're going to be in a very, what I would call, manageable, shallow water. All you need to really understand is really quite simple once you get a hold of it. And I'm using examples that you all be able to relate to. It has to do with raising children. <laughs> so I think it'll be very easy for you to pick up on this as we go along. You know, I've heard the Bible described as simply complex. Has anybody ever heard that? Somebody say that? It was a, I don't know, it was an evangelist or something that came by church one time, and, and that just stuck in my mind. You know, the Bible is 
really kind of simple in one way. It's complex in another. If I were to put the Bible into one simple word, if I had to do that, I'd I'd say Jesus. That's what I would say. If I was going to put it into a sentence, I would say Jesus Christ was crucified, buried, and resurrected for my salvation. Yet personal. The sentence you need to put in, he needs to put in your name. You know, the Bible's simple enough that a child, given the simple gospel and the working of the Holy Spirit, they can get saved at a very young age. However, according to Ephesians 4.14, there are those who are, says, are tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive this world. I want you to be prepared. You can pick that up if you like. (laughs) But I want you to really know your word of God. I mean, there's good people that have gotten out of church and gone into crazy areas because they were just shifted by some wind of doctrine by the slight of men. We are to know the very word of God in the very details. Why? So that we might win people to Christ. I mean, we're in a day and age where it is, I don't know, if you if you get out there, I know you're out there day in, day out, wrong with the world and hearing what people are thinking and saying what they believe, they're all over the place. Second Timothy two fourteen of these things put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit. Think about it. When speaking to people. But to the subverting of the hearers. That sounds pretty bad, like we're going to try to tell them what to think. But in a sense, we're trying to tell them what the truth is. It says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now I have a puzzle assignment for you. You're each going to get a simple nine-piece puzzle for you to put together that I think you could say, and I'm kind of doing this because it's kind of like Bible. It's simple, nine pieces, but you should be able to put those together. But it's complex. It's a little more complex than you think. When you finish it, I want you to let the group how long, let them know how long it took you to finish it. And we can trade through the week if somebody wants a different one. They figured that puzzle out. You want to trade it. But you can do this at night um, and just try to try to figure it out. Yeah, it's a simple nine pieces. But when doing a puzzle, don't you start with looking at the complete picture first? Wouldn't it be hard, I mentioned this I think on Sunday, putting together, I mean, if you can imagine this, you get a puzzle, there's no picture on the bus, and you just dump the pieces out on the table and start working. That sounds kind of crazy, doesn't it? Well, that's how many people in churches do teaching the Bible. Now, people, when they're putting a puzzle together, even if they are not looking at the pictures, they'd start with the straight edges, wouldn't they? 
that's a good place to start. That's where pretty much everybody does. Oh, get a call and said, Mom, we're all looking at you, staring at you. <laughs> Makes you cough more. You can go ahead and cough. Cough it on out. Cough that hairball up. <laughs> all right. But you start with the straight edges. Is everybody, is that what you, you're the puzzle guy, right? Does anybody else like puzzle people here? Uh, back there a little bit. The rest of us don't have time now. Yeah, be poor kids. You know, and that's kind of like the gospel in the Bible, and, and it's nice. And that, that is clear. I mean, that that is as simple as it gets, and we need to keep it kind of that, that simple. So we have those edges, and uh, I'll tell you what, but some some people's getting those edges mixed up. It's a lot of easy believism, say a prayer, and, you know, and all these things. I mean, it can mess up even the edges of the Word of God. But for most part, you know, when people really know the Lord, no matter what kind of religion they're in, at that point, you usually come come to the same conclusions. But then, if you don't have the whole picture, you start to work in common color design and themes, right? Is that right? So you tell me if I'm not, not, you know, you look at these colors and you kind of shove all these pieces over here and you work on that and you work on this. You know, it's like teaching about random Bible stories or random subjects, you know? And, and that's kind of a lot of times how churches are, you know. You learn about uh, uh, Paul over here, and then you're, you've got Noah over here, the story of Noah, and all these just random things. Um, and they're kind of easy, and you can, you know, teach those subjects, but how do they know how all this ties together as a whole? So we need to be thinking about this as we begin to teach our church. I know for me, I wish I would have had a little more thoughtful way of, of the Bible being taught to me. You know, but when you do that, when you deal like in little chunks, remember what I told you about the devil, he loves that he can deal with a little bit of truth, but he can really mix it up. It opens the door for false teaching quite a bit. Because you learn a little bit, but you don't understand the whole. Now tomorrow we're going to start by looking at the whole picture of the Bible, to understand the whole of it, that you might correctly understand the parts of it. So if you think about a puzzle, I'm going to teach you the part of looking at the whole picture so that you understand where these places, these individual stories and teachings, how they fit in. So that's really all I wanted to do tonight was to, to give you that that outline of what we're going to be looking at. And uh, so rest your little minds tonight. Tomorrow morning we'll we'll get we'll get into it, and it'll be fun. Start with be very easy. Like I said, we'll get some tiptoeing into the waters, and I think you'll be excited to see what God has for us. So we would giving everybody their puzzles. Thank you. 
Well, we, we got one for us, right? Like you got All right, then maybe one up that end. Okay. But because how they look at the end times in terms of how they look at the whole of the Bible, some of it has to do with how they look at Israel and through through the times. And it but it messes with the whole the whole picture. So I think what you'll see is something very logical, very something very simple, something that God's laid out is very true to God's organization and way and give you some some comfort and a good good basis otherwise I think you're going to be just bouncing around people will tell you certain things and uh, you can you can kind of get moved off center pretty quick but you see that God has a has had a simple plan a single story that all ties together everything fits together perfectly but uh, just looking at the whole but I don't find too many churches that really start there. Uh, maybe because it seems a little deep. Uh, but the example that I'm going to give, that I'm going to use through it, I, I haven't heard anybody use it, but I haven't gone out and like look. But I think it'll make things really simple. Anybody else? Bed. <laughs> She's ready for bed. But you're going fishing tonight. Yeah, out on the boat. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> All right. Well, let's have a word of prayer. Father, thank you for everyone who's come out tonight. Let's kind of bless their time here, Lord. Uh, just show your goodness to them and comfort them, help them with their families, and uh, help us as a church. We ask it in Jesus' name.